0: It's 12.09, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. So glad to have you with us. A number of people sent me this story. They said, hey, Jeff, did you see that the Sprecher Restaurant and Pub at Bayshore announced that it is closing? I said, yes, I, I saw that. And the, the text was, well, you know, I know you've been talking a lot about Bayshore Town Center and all the problems it's been having and how they're going to try to reinvent it as more of a mixed-use development as opposed to just the pure retail. And is this an indication that, that Bayshore might be in, in even further trouble? The fact that this restaurant is closing. To which my response is, no, not really, because, the restaurant's never been any good. I, I just, I mean, I, I used to live close there. We, we tried it, and, and it's, th- this particular restaurant, it's not run by Sprecher Brewing. I like Sprecher Beer. Uh, they carried Sprecher Beer, but they sort of licensed the name. Went there several occasions. It's one of those restaurants where, again, like when I used to live in Whitefish Bay, it was close. You wanted to support it. You'd go there, and it wasn't that good. And then you'd go back again and give it another try. And then you'd give it another try, and, yeah well, it just was never that good, so I mean I for people who want to draw larger conclusions into what's going on in Glendale and uh, again at the Bayshore Town Center because of the closing of the Sprecker restaurant and pub i'd be cautious with that. I just you know restaurants close all the time, especially when they 're not particularly good ones all right let's get started now. the Dow Jones industrial average is up big time today, eight hundred and twenty five points as I look at my screen right now. That is based largely on the fact that the the number that the jobs report came out this morning and the three hundred and twelve new 312,000 new jobs record number of people working manufacturing numbers the best in 20 years and one of the reasons that this is being greeted with such enthusiasm on wall street is because there were fears maybe that the economy was going into a recession and these numbers would tend to indicate that that is not exactly the case. But anyhow, Dow Jones and the traders responding in a big way, like I say, the Dow up over 800 points, the NASDAQ up 268 points, that's a 4.4% increase. So that those are very, very good news. Now, it, it comes of course on the heels of a huge decline in the stock market yesterday. And I know that's one of the things that's very frustrating. For anybody who has money tied up in the stock market, it's, it seems like you've got these wild swings. Yesterday, the Dow was down like 600 plus points, 660 some points. The decline in the Dow yesterday was based largely on Apple, you know, the, the company Apple, which is one of the largest companies now in the world. And, um, the, the fact of the matter is, if you have any money at all invested in the stock market, whether it's individually or whether it's through mutual funds or through four hundred one k funds that you have, you probably own Apple. That, that's just that is just the reality. Almost every mutual fund, unless it's a specifically targeted mutual fund that, that wouldn't carry that kind of stock, almost every mutual fund and certainly any mutual fund that tracks an index, you know, owns owns Apple. Apple has been a, a true American success story since about 1997. Apple, um, originally, you know, when it was first formed in, I, I want to say the early 80s or something like that, Apple made a big splash. And then Apple went through a very, very difficult time. As a matter of fact, going back to about 1997 or so, Apple was, was actually on the verge of bankruptcy because they were making products that that people did not want. They brought back the Apple founder, Steve Jobs. And, and since 1997, really, Apple has been on a continuous uphill uphill climb. I mean it's been a license to print money. And if you bought Apple stock back in nineteen ninety seven or two thousand or whatever and, and you held it till till today, you would have made a ton of money. This summer, Apple reached a valuation of one trillion dollars and that it was the first publicly traded American company to reach That type of valuation, the share price, the stock was at $207 a share, $207 a share. Apple has taken a hit. As of, I think, yesterday, close of business, it was down to $142. Now, that's still a huge valuation. Don't, Don't get me wrong. But... It's been a drop um, since its high last summer. In the space of a few months, it's gone from $207 a share to $142 a share. So it's lost, I mean, do the math, like $65, $67, whatever that number would be. And analysts are predicting that it's going to settle out around 135 bucks. So it's it's down. Yesterday, what happened in the stock market was Apple took a huge hit. I think the shares lost about 8% of their value, and it was because Apple missed its number. Every quarter, publicly traded companies come out, and they make projections. They say, this is how much we think our earnings are going to be. This is what our sales are going to be, et cetera, et cetera, and they missed their number. Their forecast was, was off by like nine $9 billion or something like that, and people started to panic. The reason why Apple's forecast w- was off is there's two there's two real things going on. First of all, Apple depended on the China market. That's one of the new markets for, for China. And they had all these projections that we're just going to sell just enormous numbers of uh, amounts of our product, particularly like the iPhones. We're just going to keep selling them and selling them and selling them in China. Well, now they're starting to look at the numbers, and China is not buying like like they thought they were going to. The second thing is what really turned Apple around, and they've got all sorts of great products, don't get me wrong, but what really turned Apple around was the, the iPhones, you know, in the, what, 2005, 2006, 2007. You know, the, the development of, of the iPhones, and that was an explosion, and everybody – Everybody had to go out and buy an iPhone, and then everybody had to have the latest iPhone as they continued to make the changes. So people just waited, when's this next phone going to come out? I, I've got to have it. Well, what they are finding is that now pretty much everybody who wants a, an iPhone has an iPhone. And that while there are some people out there who have to have the latest technology, the latest bell and whistle, here's the new feature that we have coming out on the new edition of the iPhone, there's really number number wise there's not that many people out there and there's a lot of people who are like me satisfied with the iPhone that they got five or six years ago plus there's all the competition from the Android phones etc cetera, etc cetera. but even just looking at the Apple phones a lot of the Apple users it's like well I don't have to have the latest phone I spent money the phone I have from four or five years ago is perfectly good now that doesn't represent everybody but people aren't buying these new models as quickly and if you look in the technological pipeline it doesn't appear that apple has that next new revolutionary thing that everybody is going to have to have that's that's in that pipeline you know what you know everybody that wants a personal computer has a personal computer everybody that wants an iphone has the the iphone And this has been a revolutionary period of time over the last 10 or 20 years when it comes to taking what were these huge computers and now putting one essentially in everybody's hand in the form of, you know, a smartphone. But but you reach a point where there's saturation. And if China is not buying as many as you thought they would, and in other parts of the country of the world, more developed parts of the world, people are like, okay, well, yeah, it's really cool. We have it. But, you know, we're, we don't need to replace it. It's looking like you might have a long-term problem. All right. I want to open up the phone line. Our number is 414-799-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text line. My guess is, well, I know you've got a smartphone. You've got it in your pocket. You've got it in your purse. You've got a smartphone. Now, the question becomes, what is the future of a place like Apple? You know, is it going to continue to be the success story it's been for, again, the, the last decade? Or are we seeing the end of this this cycle that's led to all these great developments and all? You know, is Apple going to be a company that ends up, well, unless they've got something really, really new and really, really fancy in the pipeline, something that's revolutionary that nobody's thought of, that everybody's going to want, like the smartphone, are we going to see a decline in what has been just an incredible American success story? 414-799-1620, that's the, that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line. And if that's the case, what's it going to mean for all the other companies that are out there that have been supplying stuff for Apple. Matter of fact, there was an interesting story that I was looking at. It was in uh, the New York Times talking about how for a lot of the companies that supply parts to Apple, the news of two days ago wasn't a surprise at all because their orders were decreasing dramatically because Apple wasn't selling as much of its product as Maybe it had in the past. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. And everybody, like I say, should care about this because if you've got any money at all in the stock market in any form, my guess is better chance than not that you own Apple stock. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. It's 1219. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Twelve twenty one. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Here's a text, Jeff. Apple used to be a very innovative company, but the last few years they've lost their touch. They're releasing essentially the same products with very little dif- with very little difference, and yet the prices keep going up insanely. Yeah, that's yeah, that that's the problem. It, it's one thing when when you've got that new bright shiny object that everybody wants to have which is, again, the smartphone. You've got the iPhone. It's the -the state-of-the-art thing. Everybody wants to have it. But you reach a certain point after five years or ten years or whatever where everybody has that now. And so it's like, all right, well, I, I do I need the newest version of the phone that essentially does the same thing that the phone I bought two years ago does maybe it does it a little bit better it's got a nice bell and whistle but is it worth a thousand dollars or whatever the cost is going to be and there's a significant chunk of people who say well no the the one i've got now is is good enough it's like when cars first come out everybody wants to buy a car but that doesn't mean you have to trade your car in every two years han in greenfield you're on wtmj good afternoon
1: good afternoon Uh, this is saying to your uh, screener remember texas instrument sure yeah, I mean, they were the innovation of the calculator and all that, and, yeah, they're still in business, but you cannot come out with a new iPhone every six months.
0: Right, well, I mean, you know, for for people who might not, I mean, Texas, there, there was, it's, it's interesting, when I... I am old enough <laughs> that that nice. I remember. I remember, you know, I I used to know how to use a slide rule. You know,
1: to say that,
0: I, yeah, I use which is, you know, it's. And some people say, "What is this slide rule of which you speak?" Well, it was this thing where you can you've got this stuff that you slide, and you put one, you put the other, and it does it does rudimentary calculations for you. And then, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Han, I remember. Um, back when I was in college and all, and, and then of course you had, I mean, you had the, you had the fancy accounting machines that had the tape and stuff. And then right. I can remember Texas Instrument was the market leader in developing the, the handheld calculators where you could have one and you could do all your, your math problems on this, this calculator. Now, you know, that's just a small feature of every smartphone that's out there. But at the time, people would pay a hundred dollars to, to have, you know, one of these handheld calculators. Now, who, who buys that anymore?
1: I had teachers that would not allow that in their class. Right. Right. And it and it's want and, you to do the long division and figure it out with your brain.
0: Yeah, it, exactly. No, thanks for the call. But I mean there you can make an argument that that calculators and the development of that, that's when we collectively started being mathematically illiterate because you no longer had to learn multiplication tables you no longer had to add you know know these different dynamics because you could just sit there and you had this thing that you could carry around in your pocket or your purse or whatever and you could say why why do i need to know what nine times eight is i can just kind of put this in and i can get the number and then once i mean texas instruments like i say was was the leader in this and they ended up making these things affordable but still i mean you good calculators cost a bunch of money back in the day now i mean nobody very few people go out and buy a a calculator you've got it on your phone let's talk to alex in oak creek alex you're on wtmj hi Jeff. hi alex yeah thanks for calling
2: yeah um well i wanted to bring up a point that um i haven't heard recently on the news um apple has is in some kind of trade war with Qualcomm, um, where they ban certain iPhones, and I haven't really heard much about that. I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with the, with the fall in sales in China.
0: Yeah, um, there is. I mean, thanks to right, there is some litigation that they're involved with. But from what I understand, the the big problem in China is the fact that okay, China is is this incredibly large. Developing country. I mean, you, you you look at the U.S. You look at the market for, let's say, iPhones. You you it. It is an aging market in the United States. I mean, like I say, people have everybody that, everybody that pretty much everybody that wants an iPhone has an iPhone. Now I understand that there's you know people who are aging into them. You know, you you get you, you go out your, your kid turns eleven, you go buy him an iPhone. So there's always going to want be people who. Who come in and and want the iPhone. But in general, if you look at the adult market, pretty much everybody who wants an iPhone has it. That's true in the United States and that's true in a lot of parts of the world. China was one of these areas where it is developing and there there are people, it's a new market. There's a lot of people that don't have the iPhones and that's what Apple was counting on. Now, I really don't know the whole impact of some of the trade litigation that's going on, but in general, At least what they were saying yesterday is that the reality is that the numbers have been soft. The demand for the product has not been as great overseas as they anticipated. And with, again, an an aging U.S. market. Now, I I bring this up not to say sell Apple stock. I mean, I think Apple, clearly, they they make a good product and they make something that that people continue to want. But it's been a company that, that really not... Built a better mousetrap. They invented the mousetrap essentially, but that only lasts so long, and then you have to come up with the the new idea. And the challenge is, wh- what is that going to be? And do you have it in the pipeline, or else you do end up, you know, going the you know going the the route of all these other companies that have been really really hot for a long period of time, and then boom, they they, they go away. What it's not a development company, but let's let's look at remember Blockbuster Video. I mean, the video rental stores, and I've given this example before, there was a time not that long ago where Friday nights at blockbuster video stores were like the opening night at the World Series. People, the, the, you know, people would fill up the parking lots because that's when the new movies came out on VHS and you wanted to rent that movie. You wanted to get the first one. Well, okay. I mean, I understand there's a handful of video rental stores across the country still, but let's face it. That's not how the technology passed them by. Now you've got all the movies on demand and you can live stream the things and you can have netflix and you can have your choice of thousands of movies it it put blockbuster out of business they had a great business model for a while and then technology passed them by the question's going to be can apple come up with that that new mousetrap that everybody's going to want here's a text i think long-term jeff apple is doomed and will go the way of sears if they don't develop a new product to change the world like steve jobs Via the iPod and the evolution of the iPhone. Product and company life cycles are shorter than ever. So maybe companies growing out of nothing and then dying within a generation is the new business norm. Might well be. Example, of the iPod is a great example. You know, people used to walk around with the Walkmans where you'd have the cassette tape and you'd stick it in. Well, I mean, Steve Jobs and Apple, I mean, they came up with, hey, we're going to let you be able to download your music. And you can walk around and you can have 500 songs in this little device that you can have on your hip. Just saying. 1229, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 1237, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. We're going to talk a little bit about the government shutdown in just a couple minutes because most people, you you don't care about it. It, It's like, like so many things in life. You don't really care about stuff unless it impacts you, you directly. Maybe you care about something in theory, but once it starts affecting you, then you start focusing in. For example, um, the, the government shutdown, the IRS is apparently not going to be issuing refund checks. They'll take your money, but they're not going to be issuing tax refund checks now. That hasn't hit anybody because it's only what January third. So people, right, January third. So people haven't sent in. You know, most people haven't sent in their taxes. But this goes on another week or two, and you have people that are now sending in their taxes, expecting to get money back, and they're told they have to wait. Well, all right, maybe maybe that's a factor. You've got a lot of people who are in business that they're not federal employees. But they're they businesses that sell stuff to the federal government, and they're not getting paid. So I mean, it is it is one of those things that, as time goes on, especially now that the holidays are over, I think it's going to start to affect more and more people, and that's where you're going to get some pressure to maybe get something done. In that same vein, I was just checking. We we talked a little bit about this yesterday. You've got you've you've got this ongoing dispute between sp- it in in southeastern Wisconsin, it's Spectrum Cable, Charter Cable, etc. and Tribune Broadcasting. Tribune Broadcasting is the parent company that owns locally Channel 6 WITI and WI there there there's one of these debate these disputes and it it happens from time to time. There was one that happened with WTMJ TV a few years back. Where what what ends up happening is the the TV stations, the they, they are content providers. What they do is they sell the rights to carry their their product to the, the – in this case, it would be Spectrum Cable. So Spectrum Cable pays for the rights to carry Tribune Broadcasting networks um, across the country, and one, of course, would be in Milwaukee. And there is a dispute. Uh, tri, uh, Spectrum Cable says, okay, Tribune Broadcasting wants – they want to raise – um, they, they want to charge us more for their product we don't think it's worth that and we would have to pass the costs on to consumers so now the it, it's it's dark if you you know put on channel 6 or if you got the high definition thing you go on spectrum cable and you go to 1006 you get this crawl screen saying it, it's gone it'll be interesting to see one of the first tests is going to be this weekend because WITI is is Fox and Saturday night, there's the football playoffs. It's the Seattle Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys. So, I mean, it's one thing if you miss your local Fox programming and you miss, you know, the, the Channel 6 News at 9 or 10. And it, it's a good product. That That's not the point. But it's another thing. It's one thing, okay, well, all right, I, I'm used to watching you know, the 10 o'clock news on Channel 6 because I get it through Spectrum Cable, but I can go to Channel 4 or I can go to Channel 12. It's another thing where you're sitting down and you say, hey, I want to watch the football game and I can't see the playoff game between Seattle and, and Dallas. It, that's where it starts to become more significant. Now, that's just in Milwaukee because my guess is, You know, Tribune doesn't always own all the different Tribune stations aren't necessarily Fox, but in Milwaukee, I mean, you do have this issue and it's going to kind of come to a head uh, tomorrow night for people who want to watch the football game, the Seattle Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys, that is out on, it would normally be on Fox 6, and it's not going to be on Fox 6 unless they end up working something out. So, again, it's going to be interesting to see whether, as time goes on, that's and more and more people get affected, whether or not that's pressure to get something done. All right. I want to be careful with this next topic because it involves a 12-letter word that... I cannot say on the radio, you cannot say it on the radio, and I don't know that most of us use it in real life. You know, I understand some people do, but it's it's a word that really you don't find in polite society. And it's certainly a word that you don't expect to come from, I don't know, somebody in a position of responsibility in a public sort of setting. Well, everybody knows that you now have the new Congress that is sworn in. The Democrats have taken control of Congress, and you have an unprecedented number of, of new, new representatives, and many of them are female. Also, you have kind of a generational thing. You have a number of, of, of younger people who you know have taken over and some of those people who come in they 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 are they are mobilized i think you can make a strong argument that this is perhaps the most liberal congress ever you have a lot of people who are energized they ran on the we're going to be part of the resistance to donald trump etc etc and here you know we're here to defeat trump we're here to bring him down this is the motivation that they have and so all right fine elections have consequences and and that's I think one of the defining things of the makeup of the House. Well, there's one of these women, and she is a congressman from Michigan. Her name is Rashida Tlaib, is how I think you pronounce her name. So she's she's sworn in, and, and she's again part of the you know the the resistance, the anti-Trump sort of stuff. And she is at a party yesterday hosted by Move On, which is you know MoveOn.org. It's the far left um far left wing organization that's designed again to try to raise interest and support people like this particular congresswoman. And so she's talking to to the group and she's again talking about how she's going to be part of the resistance, etc. And this is what she says. At the end of her remark, she says, when your son looks at you and says, Mama, look, you won. Bullies don't win. And I said, baby, they don't, because we're going to go in there and we're going to impeach the and then it is that 12 letter word that we cannot say on on the radio. And that my doubt, I doubt that you would say that, you know, in front of your children. I doubt that, you know, if your children said something like that to you, you would probably wash their mouth out with soap. But this is a congresswoman who drops this 12 letter obscenity. And then, of course, you've got the crowd who roars with approval. You're right, let's impeach the, you know, blankety blank. All right, so this now ha- has gone public. It's not getting a lot of attention in the New York Times or the Washington Post, but this is now out there. Nancy Pelosi, she's at this town hall meeting today and they ask her about this. And they say, "Hey, you know, what, you know, do you think that this is appropriate?" And she says, "Well, I'm I'm not in the censorship business. It's it's a generational thing and I'm I'm not here to censor anybody." and and by the way you know donald trump says worse well i i I don't know but here's what i want to discuss is is this appropriate and is this now where we are and does language like this i mean if this is now going to be the voice of the angry left for the next year and a half is this going to help or hurt the cause of the people who want to see Donald Trump gone. I mean, is this the new expectation that hey, we've elected people to Congress and this is now what the dialogue is going to be? Let's go impeach the 12-letter word that I can't say on the radio. 414-799-1620, that is the Acunet mortgage talk and text line. I will tell you, when I heard about this, I thought, you know what? Just like you had some of these crazies who stormed the state capitol back during the recall movement, and that turned out to be one of the greatest gifts that anybody could give to Governor Walker, I think if this is going to be the attitude, and this is what's going to happen, and if this particular congresswoman is representative of what the new left is going to be, I think that is a gift a gift to President Trump. And if I were advising President Trump on re-election, I'd be making sure that I had a video of this to be including in, uh, again, whatever campaign ads I was going to run because I think there's just a lot of people out there who believe that this is inappropriate and that this isn't a part of a group that they want to be associated with. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. Well, remarks like this, help or hurt the anti-Trump faction. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. 414-799-1620. That's the accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you want to join us, stick around. Back with more in just a minute. It's 1246, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 1249, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. One of our texters says, Jeff, I think it's actually, it's not one 12-letter word, it's two six-letter words. I don't think so but I'm not going to put it into the computer because then it's going to be listed in there. I, I, we all know the word or words. I think it's actually one word, but we all know what I'm referring to. All right, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Here's a text, Jeff. It's entertaining to watch the new extremely left Congress people trying to outdo each other by being the most outrageous. I don't think it will end well for them because while their antics may play in their highly lefty districts, it will turn the majority against the Democrats. See. All right, let me give you a, a flip side of of this. Uh, um, uh, um, a number of people. All right, uh, tisk tisk. Somebody used an expletive to describe the man of thousands of lies foisted on us by spineless GOP cowards. The slime bucket. The brainless a uh, moth um is like the GOP embarrassed to our de- embarrassment to our democracy we're supposed to worry about our level of discourse when we refer to him huh okay so th- this is I mean this is the argument that's out there from the, the the hate left or at least the Trump haters on the left you should be able to say anything you want look at president trump look at the things he says look at the things he does we can say anything we want here is the problem with that I think that there are a lot of people out there. And I understand that there's some of the people who support President Trump who just they they love it. Yeah, that's it. Go ahead. Rip John McCain. Do all that. But there's a lot of other people out there who cringe when Donald Trump goes on some of these tirades and says some of the things he says. And it makes them less likely to want to support him, because even if you agree with some of the policies or the points that he's trying to make, you cringe because you think it's inappropriate. It's beneath the eye. Office of the President of the United States to come out and say a lot of these things. And I think that's where a lot of people in this country are, certainly not everybody. And I think the flip side is also true. Again, I understand for aspects of the Trump hating left, it's anything goes. We should be able to say anything we want. And, and, because our justification is, look at this guy. Well, alright, if, if that's gonna be the standard, you need to recognize that there's, like I say, there's a lot of people, conservatives, moderates, even, you know, even conservative Democrats or left-leaning, you know, voters who, who, who don't go along with that, who believe that again there still should be some level of public discourse, and that there are certain things I mean using these sort of terms and stuff, it turns off a lot of people. Yes, it will support it will give support to your base, but you know there's a lot of people that look at this and say, you know, I really don't want to be part of this group where you have somebody who's out so out of control that she's you know dropping these types of phrases and if this is going to be now par for the course. Over the next two years, I think I think it it hurts the anti-Trump left. I think this was an incredible campaign contribution to Donald Trump, because now he's going to be able to go out and say, look at this. This is the face of what is out there now. Joe in Stevens Point. Joe, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
1: Uh, My name is Phil.
2: Oh, hello. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for letting me on here. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that this is actually going to
1: be, um, you know, one in Trump's pocket here. The more they the more they um, ridicule him and cut him down, because there's a general consensus. I mean, I travel the country. Right now I'm coming from Florida, and i 41, and, um, and uh, you know, the general consensus is people
2: like Trump. They're sick of the crap that's going on now, and they want to change it, you know, and I'm with them,
1: you know, 100%, because I think that, you know, there's just too much going on here where there's, nothing's getting accomplished, and and Trump is a businessman. He wants to run it like a business, and I think that's the way it should
0: be. Well, I think I mean here. See, here's the here's the thing. I want to make again the the larger point. I, I understand. Look, there, there are people who agree with the president and his policies. There's people who disagree with the president and his policies. But there's a lot of folks out there, and I would include myself as one of them, that I, I think some of the stuff that he does, I think the, 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 the nasty tweets and the punching down and a lot of these nicknames and stuff, to me, I think it is beneath the dignity of the office of the president of the United States. I, I do. At the same time, I think – saying what this woman said yesterday, you know, and getting the round of applause from the hate left, I think that's beneath the dignity of what should be a congressperson, all right? And I just think that's reality. And now if that's going to be, all right, well, look at the things Donald Trump says. That lets us do everything we want to do, and we can say anything we want, and there's no sort of standards at all. Fine. That appeals to your base but don't expect that to be something that broadens things out. Just saying. 1254, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It's 1256, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. We're, we're getting a notice that President Trump intends to go into the Rose Garden any moment now and uh, address the, the ongoing government shutdown. We'll we'll dip into that coverage. Um, don't know what he intends to say or how long he intends to speak. I'm not going to commit necessarily to carrying the entire thing. But once once it starts, and it was actually... Originally supposed to start about five or six minutes ago, and then it's been delayed. Once once it starts, we will dip in to see if there's any news, meaningful news about the government shutdown. Again, as I was saying a couple minutes ago, for a lot of people, I, I understand why. If it doesn't affect you directly, people say, well, "Well, well, who who cares about this?" But the truth is, the longer it goes on, the more and more it, it does uh, affect. People and for example the IRS says it 's not going to process tax refund checks which isn 't a big deal right now because people most people haven 't sent in their their tax forms and aren 't expecting a refund right now because again you couldn 't do that before the first of the year but once people start doing it it becomes a, a it becomes a, a larger issue so right now the the effects have been relatively minimal I think of the government shutdown. Unless you are one of these federal employees who is being expected to work without uh, being paid or one of the federal employees who has been furloughed. And I understand in previous shutdowns what always happens is that they go back and they end up giving people back pay, so essentially it ends up being a paid vacation. So I understand that there's that dynamic that goes on there, but still, if you're somebody that lives paycheck to paycheck and you've got a car payment that's coming out and you expect your paycheck on Friday and it's not there... A lot of times the, the the bank or whoever holds the note isn't going to say, well, okay, we understand that, you know, maybe, maybe you'll get paid somewhere down the line. They're going to say, we want your money. In any event, we'll, we will dip in when this happens. Oh, okay. Here's the, um, here's this. Let's bring it up. Thank you very much. We
3: had a very, very productive meeting, and I think we've come a long way. I'll discuss that in a second, but first, I I imagine you've all seen the uh, incredible job growth, 312,000 jobs, which took everybody by surprise. Estimates range from 160 to 180,000, and uh, this really took people by surprise. This is a great number. I think it has a lot to do with the factories and with the companies that are moving back into the United States who have left, and now they're coming back to us instead of being in other countries. I can't tell you what that does to other countries, but I'm the president of this country. So 312,000 jobs was a tremendous number and obviously having a big impact on the stock market today. And uh, I do want people to remember that we've had a tremendous success, despite the fact that I'm in the midst of negotiating incredible trade deals for our country that should have been negotiated many years ago. By both parties, to be honest. But many years ago, uh, we are doing very well in our negotiation with China. We pretty much concluded our negotiation with Canada, with Mexico. We have uh, done the deal and signed the deal with South Korea, which a lot of people said was not going to happen, would be impossible. It's a good deal. It was a horrible deal. It's a good deal. I think a lot of this has to do with the fact, though, that already – Companies are moving back into our country that have left our country in some cases in some cases. They're moving back Because they want to be here, but in many cases uh, these are automobile companies that have left and gone to other countries And now they're coming back to the United States, so it's nice to see one of the things that's so beautiful to watch is 3.2 percent wage growth that hasn't happened in so long for our country. That's uh, an incredible thing. That means people are actually getting more money, taking home more money. And that's something that's really nice to see. A lot of you have been following me when we were on a thing called the campaign. That was an exciting campaign, the great campaign. And I used to talk about wages going down, not going up, but going down for years, 19 years. And now they just went up 3.2 percent, and yet there's no inflation because other things are going down, like the price of your gasoline at the tank. It's uh, low, and that doesn't happen by luck. I work hard on that. That's like a tax cut for people. So a lot of good things are happening. Labor participation rate increased to 63.1. That's an incredible number also. So I just wanted to bring that out. Uh, the economy is very good. And remember, from the time of my election, the stock market's gone up very close to 30 percent. And that's with all of the things that are happening. And there are a lot of things happening. We have a massive trade negotiation going on with China. President Xi is very much involved. So am I. We're dealing at the highest levels, so and we're doing very well. We're, we're doing very well. In the meantime, we've taken in billions and billions of dollars in tariffs from China and from others. Our steel industries come roaring back, and that makes me very happy. I think we'll have to build a steel wall as opposed to a concrete wall, because we have steel companies again. There's something awfully nice about that sound. So we had a productive meeting today with Speaker Pelosi And Senator Schumer, I thought it was really a a very, very good meeting. We're all on the same path in terms of wanting to get government open. Uh, We're going to be meeting. I've designated a group, and we're going to be meeting over the weekend, that group, to determine what we're going to do about the border. Uh, Really, I want to thank a lot of the Border Patrol people and ICE people who came up yesterday. They had a tremendous impact on... I think a lot of Democrats, frankly, but a lot of people, because they were able to lay out exactly what the problem is. And one of the problems described to me as an example, your ports of entry. We're going to agree with Chuck and Nancy and uh, Steny and Dick Durbin was there. We're going to agree that, and we want to, uh, make the ports bigger, more powerful, able to handle more traffic have very, very powerful drug equipment there. So they make very good stuff now. We don't have it because of budgets and other reasons, but we're going to make our ports of entry very powerful, very strong. We're going to have the best drug-finding equipment anywhere in the world. They make it much better today than they made it even two years ago. And I explained to him the problem is, though, we can have a wonderful port of entry. But you have 2,000 miles of border between the United States and Mexico. And if you take a look and you see, like we do, through certain technology, including cameras in airplanes, not just drones, you'll see vast numbers of vehicles driving through the desert and entering where you don't have a very powerful fence or a wall. That happened this week, where a wonderful young police officer i spoke to his wife yesterday where he was shot viciously shot for simply stopping a person that came over the border illegally got shot killed and took the most beautiful picture just hours before christmas picture we don't want that happening but i was explained to and i explained to people because it's really common sense so you have ports of entry, and we have great security at the ports of entry. And then you may have fencing or walls up and down, left and right, east and west. But they stop because we don't have proper border security. These people have vehicles, and they drive to the right. They're not going through where we have great border patrol officers and ICE officers and military now. I tell you, the military has done a fantastic job. They don't stop. They go right to the easiest part and the weakest part, sometimes out in desert. But you have miles and miles and miles of unprotected area. And you can see where they drive over. You even have people walking that trek. And that's a very dangerous trek. And they bring children, or even worse, they use children. You know, children are the biggest uh, beneficiaries of what we want to do. Children are hurt more than anybody else. These coyotes, what they do with children, all because we have open borders, because they think they can get away with it. They don't come in through the port where we have a lot of protection. They come in through empty areas, vast spaces, empty areas, just like this terrible person came in when he shot Officer Singh. They come in through these vast open areas. You don't even have a sign saying Mexico, U.S. There's no sign designating, you have just entered the United States, just open space. And I explained that to the meeting today with Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and a lot of other people at the meeting. And I said, one of the things that happens there is human traffickers. Maybe that's the worst of all, where you'll have traffickers having three and four women with tape on their mouths and tied up sitting in the back of a van or a car and they'll drive that van or the car not through a port of entry where we have very talented people that look for every little morsel of drugs or even people or whatever they're looking for not going to go there they get off the road and they drive out into the desert and they come on they make a left turn usually it's a left not a right Most of them come out because in San Diego and in areas of California, we just finished brand new walls, beautiful walls, steel walls. And they wanted them badly. They were asking us. That's why we did it there. I said, let's not do it in California. California always complains through their great governors. They're always complaining. I said, let's not do it. Let the governor ask us. But we did it anyway because they really needed it. They were having tremendous problems. So we built a brand new wall in San Diego, and it's working really well. You should go and look at it. It's amazing, it's incredible how well it works. But these coyotes and these human traffickers, they make a right turn before they get to the port of entry. They go as far as the wall is, or as far as the barricade is, and then they make a left, welcome to the United States, and what they do with usually the women, sometimes children, that they're trafficking with and in, you don't want to know about. So the only way you're going to stop that is by having a solid steel structure or concrete structure, whether it's a wall or some form of very powerful steel. Now the steel is actually more expensive than the concrete, but I think we're probably talking about steel. Because I really feel the other side feels better about it, and I can understand what they're saying. It is more expensive. We mentioned the price that we want, $5.6 billion, very strongly, because numbers are thrown around, 1.6, 2.1, 2.5. This is national security we're talking about. We're not talking about games. We're talking about national security. This should have been done by all of the presidents that preceded me, and they all know it. Some of them have told me that we should have done it. So, we're not playing games, we have to do it. And just remember human traffickers, remember drugs. The drugs are pouring into this country. They don't go through the ports of entry. When they do, they sometimes get caught. When we finish, and the Democrats do want this, They want ports of entry strengthened, and I want to do that too. In fact, we have it down. It's about $400 million, and we can have the best equipment in the world. Now what they'll do, if we have the protection and we have strong ports of entry with this incredible drug-finding equipment, I don't know what they're going to do because they're not coming in through past the steel gates or the steel walls or the concrete walls, depending on what's happening, because we are meeting this weekend. We have a group. I've set up a group. They are going to tell us who their group of experts and probably people in the Senate and congressmen and women are going to come. And we have three. I said, give us three. Then I said, you know what? Send over nine or six or three or two. Doesn't matter. Send over whoever you want. But it's common sense. So now when they make that turn, they make it and now all of a sudden they can't go any further and they have to go back. And that's going to stop the caravans for two reasons. Number one, they're not going to be able to get through. But when they realize they can't get through, what's going to happen? They're not going to form and they're not going to try and come up. And they can apply for asylum and they can, most importantly, they can apply for citizenship, because. The companies that I told you that created these great job numbers, they're incredible job numbers beyond anybody's expectations. I don't think there was one Wall Street genius, of which I know many of them, but they're not geniuses. There's not one that predicted anywhere close to these job numbers. I thought they were going to be good, but there wasn't one that I saw. So now we have everything so beautifully handled. We need to have, however, we need border security. And all of this security, if we do what I think what the Democrats want, all of the border things that we'll be building will be done right here in the good old USA by steel companies that were practically out of business when I came into office as president. And now they're thriving. You call up the heads of U.S. Steel and I could name 10 companies, you look at what's going on in the steel industry, it's almost a miracle. It was a dead industry. We need steel for defense. We need steel for a lot of things, steel and aluminum. But those industries were in deep trouble. The steel industry was almost dead, and now it's a very vibrant, vibrant industry. So what I'm going to do is ask, uh, first of all, Mike Pence, Vice President, to say a couple of words. because Mike is uh, we put together a team of people that will work over the weekend and they'll be negotiating on the border, on the look, on different things having to do with border security, including at the ports of entry. And I think they're going to be very successful. Because I found the Democrats really want to do something. So we're at 5.6 if you look at it, 5.6 billion dollars. But we are able to also, in addition to that, because what we want to do has to be done properly, and we're negotiating very tough prices, very, very tough, because you heard much higher numbers. Those higher numbers were very much a misnomer. You heard 20 and $25 billion in DACA. What happened is when a judge incredibly, because it was an incredibly, I will say, wrong decision. In fact, President Obama, when he signed the DACA, with the executive order, made a statement to the effect, this isn't going to work. And some judge from the Ninth Circuit, here we go again, upheld it. And then it was upheld by the Ninth Circuit appellate. And now it's going before the United States Supreme Court. And hopefully, that will be properly adjudicated. Because if it is, uh, talks will begin on larger immigration matters, having to do with DACA, having to do with other things. So uh, that is taking place. We may add a few things onto our discussions over the weekend. But I'm going to ask Mike Pence, and then I'll have Leader McCarthy say a few words, and uh, we'll take a couple of questions. But we're very proud of the uh, jobs and the job numbers. That was incredible. And I think I'll be even more proud if we can have great border security for the first time in really the history of our country, the southern border, is a dangerous, horrible disaster. We've done a great job, but you can't really do the kind of job we have to do unless you have a major, powerful barrier, and that's what we're going to have to have. So first we start with Mike Pence.
0: You're listening to WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner. We're going to continue to monitor the ongoing press conference. I I think the takeaway is that there's still no agreement the government remains shut down and the president says we're negotiating on the issue of border security we'll continue to monitor you know what's being said but bottom line is no the, the impasse on the government shutdown continues it's 115 Jeff Wagner WTMJ Milwaukee. It's 117. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Once again, we're continuing to monitor the um, ongoing Rose Garden press conference. I'd say press conference. President Trump came out and made a statement that we brought to you. Bottom line is the federal government remains the subject of a partial shutdown. This is now the fourth longest government shutdown in US history. The longest was 21 days, and that was during the the Clinton years, 1995 to 1996, it was 21 days. Then there was a shutdown during the Jimmy Carter administration of 18 days, October 1st to the 17th of 2013, that would be Barack Obama, 16 days. And this shutdown has now been for 13 days, but there doesn't appear to be any significant progress that has been made. Uh, They were unable to reach a deal. What the Democrats in Congress have done is they have passed legislation which would continue to fund all departments of the government, at current and acceptable levels. I mean, nobody nobody on either side of the aisle disagrees with that. They would also, as part of the funding bill that was passed, agree to continue funding the Office of Homeland Security at its current level. So, again, it could be business as usual. What's interesting about this shutdown, which distinguishes it from – I think per- perhaps any other shutdown that we've seen is normally there's a dispute because one side, what one one side you know wants to spend a bunch of money and the other side doesn't want to spend that money. It's normally over funding levels and things like this. The, this shutdown is over the president's insistence that he get five billion dollars to again partially build this wall that he's been talking about since the you know political campaign back in 2016, and Nancy Pelosi who's The leader of the House of Representatives, and now there's a majority of Democrats, she says it's not going to happen. We're not going to give one dollar to build the wall. We will continue to fund the government. We'll keep it open. We'll keep Homeland Security operating at its current levels. And the question really becomes now all right, is this issue worth shutting down the government over? Now, what are the effects of the government shutdown? We talked a little bit about this in the last hour. Well, All right, if you are – there's 800,000 federal employees who are either furloughed or working without pay. The ones who are working without pay presumably will be paid. In the past, those that have been furloughed have essentially gotten a paid vacation and gotten back pay, but there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. As far as meaningful impact – if you are in a business that provides or deals with the federal government, well, all right, chances are you're not getting your invoices paid. Um, you're, you're not getting new products, which are being, you know, new purchase orders that are made. It, it's pretty much on a standstill for the foreseeable future. Uh, if you go to Washington, D.C., the Smithsonian's are closed down. If you go to the national parks, apparently they're they're becoming a mess because there's nobody there. To, the restrooms are closed and there's nobody there to pick up the garbage, that that type of stuff. And moving forward, the the effects are going to be more pronounced. Like I say, tax refunds aren't going to be processed. So here's the issue. Here's where we are right now. The idea that you've got Democrats and some Republicans who are willing to pass a continuing resolution that keeps the government open and then separate the, the funding for the wall issue and say, let's argue about that on its merits. And the president who's saying, Nope, um this is I gotta have the wall, gotta have border security, and I'm willing to keep the government shut down for as long as it takes before I can get this five billion dollars that I can use to again partially fund a wall. I say partially fund because five billion dollars doesn't come close to what it would cost to actually, you know, build a, a, a full wall. All right, let's open up the phone lines. Our number, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Does it make more sense to continue this impasse or to say, all right, there is obviously a significant disagreement about this wall or not. What we need to do is we need to get the government workers back. We need to get the country operating again. So we're going to fund everything else And then we're going to argue about this wall separately. And if the American people are with the president on the wall, well, fine, they'll bring pressure on the Democrats to change their mind. If they're not, well, okay. then they'll bring pressure on the president to change his mind. Does it make sense to continue to keep the federal government defunded? over this issue four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. we discuss in just a moment if you're on the line please hold on 123 jeff wagner wtmj and will you feel the same way if three weeks from now you find out that your tax refund isn't going to be coming in the mail anytime soon 123 jeff wagner wtmj Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Let's start with Ron in Oconomowoc. Ron, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi. What do you think? How long do we leave the government shut down? Should we leave the government shut down?
1: I think we should definitely leave it shut down indefinitely if we have to.
0: Tell me why. Uh,
1: And so here's the question I'd like to ask you. Sure. Uh, Agree or disagree, this is a bad thing. The government should not be shut down.
0: I think it's a bad bad thing. The government should not be shut down.
1: I agree. Uh, Agree or disagree, the Democrats and Republicans in the past have all agreed that we need better border security. Agree. Agree. So here's my question for you. If the president would separate these issues and... uh, we separate the issues out. What is the impetus for the Democrats to compromise at that
0: point? Well, the impetus would be the, what the impetus always is, that if the American people are are with the president on the issue of border security and they feel that the Democrats aren't doing what they need to do, there will be a, a backlash of support. I mean, that's I mean, it's the political solution.
1: I think that's a, a nice political answer, but in practice, that's just simply not true. All the polls have shown That the american people are for better border security
0: well okay but you're you're mixing but but again you're you're configuring in fairness now you're you're configuring border security with with building the wall if you ask americans in most polls about the wall they don't necessarily see that as being synonymous with with border security
1: they don't necessarily not see that either though and i just think that there's no impetus for the democrats to compromise so I guess I would respectfully
0: that we just agree to disagree. Fair enough. I yeah, and, and I, I guess Let l- me ask you this: Let's say, let's say, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats dig in their heels, which I think is is quite likely. The president digs in his heels. And this starts to go on. It's already the fourth longest government shutdown in history. My guess is by Monday, it'll be the second largest, longest. And then it it does start to impact not just the 800,000 federal employees, but it starts to impact average citizens with like tax returns not getting processed. Who do you think is going to bear the the fallout for that? How does how does that work out in your mind politically?
1: Uh, I think I think probably the president would bear the fallout for that. Yeah. And I think that's something that he has to be willing to take. Personally, I think it would be the Democrats, but uh, the way the media spins things, I think most likely the president would take that fallout.
0: Okay, the, what I like the,
1: is that we have a president who's less concerned about being popular and more concerned about doing the right thing.
0: Got it. Okay, thanks for the yeah. call. appreciate it. No, 414 that's the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I mean, that's, I, I think I, I agree completely that the, the president ends up taking the fallout for that right now there's not too much fallout because, again, unless you're a federal employee and you got to figure out you know, how to make your car payment on, on Monday, this this isn't having that much impact on people. But as time goes on, it, it, it's going to. And, again, the best example I can give you is if the IRS decides that it's not going to process tax returns. We're going to do this for one more segment, 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. There is an offer on the table now to fund the government. at at levels that everybody agrees is acceptable, and continue to fund homeland security at the present level. Uh, The president says, nope, unless I get an extra $5 billion for the wall, I'm not interested in signing that. Is that good politics? Is that good policy? 135, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. President Trump is taking some questions from the media about the government shutdown. We're going to be back with the calls in just a moment. A lot of great calls on the line. But let's dip in and hear the president's response to some Kevin, of the questions. Kevin,
3: Kevin,
2: Thank you, Mr. President. I appreciate that. Uh, question about government employees. What is your personal message to those who are impacted by the shutdown? And if you wouldn't mind, if you could comment on the remarks made by a freshman congressperson about impeachment a bit of a profanity last
3: night. Well, you can't impeach somebody that's doing a great job. That's the way I view it. I've probably done more in the first two years than any president, any administration in the history of our country. You look at tax cuts. You look at regulations. You look at what we've done for the vets. You look at the rebuilding of the military and the numbers that we're talking about. And and many other things, I can give you a list, it's pages long. So I think it's very hard to impeach somebody who's done a great job. That's number one. And uh, and we even talked about that today. I said, why don't you use this for impeachment? And Nancy said, we're not looking to impeach you. I said, that's good, Nancy, that's good. But you know what, you don't impeach people when they're doing a good job. And you don't impeach people when there was no collusion, because there was no collusion. Uh, You know Russians better than I do, Kevin, okay? There was no collusion. I didn't need Russians to help me win Iowa. I didn't need Russians to help me win the great state of Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania. I won them because I went there and I campaigned hard. And my opponent didn't go there enough. And she lost a lot of good states. A lot of states that for many, many years, for decades, have gone Democrat. They went Republican. That's why I won, not because, of, not because of Russia.
2: Your comment about the, uh, the freshman congressperson's uh, comments specifically about- Well, I
3: thought her comments were disgraceful. Uh, this is a person that I don't know. I assume she's new. Uh, I think she dishonored herself, and I think she dishonored her family. Using language like that in front of her son and whoever else was there, I thought that was a great dishonor to her and to her family. I thought it was highly disrespectful to the United States of America. Yes. Go ahead. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, earlier this week, you repeated your claim that through the USMCA, Mexico will be paying That's for right. the Wall. Can you describe in detail the specific mechanisms in the trade deal that will make Mexico pay the Wall? Well, you're going to be Mexico seeing it very soon. We made a new deal, a new trade deal. NAFTA has been one of the great disasters of all time. Probably the worst trade deal ever made, maybe. Uh, We lost uh, millions of jobs, thousands and thousands of companies. Uh, NAFTA left our country dry. NAFTA was a disaster. I campaigned on either terminating or renegotiating NAFTA. And Bob Lighthizer and Jared Kushner and a whole group of people did an incredible job. They did an incredible job. And now we have a deal that's great for our country and by the way good for mexico good for canada also as you know it's the three countries uh we will be taking in billions and billions of dollars more money for the united states including jobs including companies that won't be leaving us anymore and going to mexico and in some cases canada to a lesser extent but we lost 25 percent of our car business because of nafta nafta was a disaster now, we have the USMCA, the United States, Mexico, and Canada trade agreement. It's brand new. It's totally different. It makes it very difficult for companies to, incentive-wise, move to other countries. And we will be making billions and billions of dollars a year more money. So why not And that, that is for the wall, paying, though. excuse me, because I didn't have to. That is paying for the wall. Many, many times over. In fact, what we save on the USMCA, the new trade deal we have with Mexico and Canada, what we save on that just with Mexico will pay for the wall many times over just in a period of a year, two years, and three years. So I view that as uh, absolutely Mexico is paying for the wall, and that's fine. Will you be pressuring Putin? Yes, yes, ma'am, go.
2: In your campaign, promising supporters that Mexico is going to pay for the oh, wall and that the again. wall was
3: going to be made okay. of concrete, you just said earlier that the wall could be made of
0: steel. And right now, our government is shut down over a demand from your administration that the American taxpayer pay for the wall. So, how can you say you're not failing on that promise to your supporters?
3: Uh, very nice question, so beautifully asked. Even though I just answered
0: it, you
2: didn't. Look, answer. Let, the let me just say. Excuse me. Not even excuse, me. Congress excuse me. Excuse me. You ready?
3: Sir. Are you ready? Uh, I just told you that we just made a trade deal, and we will take in billions and billions of dollars, far more than the cost of the wall. The wall is peanuts compared to what the value of this trade deal is to the United States. As far as concrete, uh, I said I was going to build a wall. I never said, I'm going to build the concrete. I said I'm going to build a you, wall. you concrete. Just so you don't, because I know you're not into the construction business, uh, you don't understand something. We now have a great steel business that's rebuilt in the United States. Steel is stronger than concrete. If I build this wall, or fence, or anything that Democrats need to call it, because I'm not into names, I'm into production. I'm into something that works. If I build a steel wall, rather than a concrete wall, it will actually be stronger than a concrete. Steel is stronger than concrete, okay? In case you you could check it out. Listen, if I build a wall, and the wall is made out of steel instead of concrete, I think people will like that. And here's the other good thing. I'll have it done by the United States Steel Corporation, by companies in our country that are now powerful, great companies again. And they've become powerful over the last two years because of me and because of our trade policies. So if I have a steel wall, or you could call it a steel fence, but it'll be more powerful than any of the concrete walls that we're talking about. It's possible that it will look better. And one of the things I think you have seen this, that's very important for us, very, very important, in speaking to Border Patrol, ICE, and actually local law enforcement, and even military, they want to be able to see through it. You can't really see through a concrete wall. They want to be able to see who's on the other side of the wall. Because if they're here, and you have about a twelve inch concrete wall and you have people on the other side but you can't see what's over there it's very dangerous they want to be able to see through the wall a see-through wall made out of steel is far stronger than a concrete wall so i'm very happy with it i think i think i'm not sure but i think that's what the democrats prefer and if it can get them there i'm okay it actually will be a more powerful wall and it will be a more beautiful wall than having a concrete wall.
2: So if the new trade deal, Mr. President. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, go ahead. Mr. Mr. President. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. You mentioned China, sir, in your remarks. Are you concerned about the words and the the actions of Apple this week with regard to revenue? And can you tell us what sort of progress you meant when you were referring to trade talks with China?
3: Well, I think we're doing very well. China is paying us tremendous tariffs. Uh, We're getting billions and billions of dollars of money pouring into the Treasury of the United States, which in history we've never gotten from China, as you know. It's been very unfair. I had a fantastic meeting with President Xi, who I both like and respect. Uh, One of the things that came out of that meeting was fentanyl. As you know, almost all of it comes from China. And he's going to now criminalize the making of fentanyl. And unlike our country, they have unbelievably strong uh, prohibitions about drugs. It was not on their list. They view it as a, uh, I guess as some kind of a commercial product. Now they view it as something that's very dangerous. They're going to be changing their laws to make, to make fentanyl a criminal, a criminal process if you're making fentanyl. If they do that, you know what they're ultimate is it's called the death penalty. I think It's
0: 144. Happen. You're listening to WTMJ. This is continuing coverage. We're dipping in and out of the, the president's press conference. The bottom line is he's, he's made it, I think, very, very clear that whether it's a concrete wall or a steel wall, he is prepared to keep the government shut down for as long as it takes. This is already the fourth longest government shutdown in American history and by Monday it will be the second longest. And the, the, the question is, is is it worth it and do people do people i guess when you hear the term border security do you necessarily equate that with a wall and what's the effect of the shutdown jeff and Lac. jeff you're on wtmj good afternoon
1: good afternoon
2: jeff yeah I, I can put a little bit of a face people think of the government workers and and how it doesn't affect real people but yeah. i put a little face on that i'm a business owner up here and with the first of the year come uh, coming we started working on um, uh, renewing my operating loan so that I could be purchases and, and have some flexibility. Um, I went through a tax audit last summer. Uh, had a couple of accounting errors that needed to be cleaned up and a, a relatively small tax liability just going to set up that right. waiting for them to actually come up with what the amount is and set up a payment plan. Um, but in the meantime, I could not get the operating loan renewed because technically there were taxes due that were passed due. Right. So suddenly the people I'm working with are, their offices are locked and the office is dark, and my operating loan is sitting on somebody's desk and it can't be acted on because the people that need to do it. Aren't working right
0: now, right? And it would if there was somebody there, it would be processed in a matter of course. It's not a controversial thing, but as a result oh, no, of no. that, you're 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 not going to get the go ahead, so you're not going to be able to get the loan, and that's yeah. going to have an impact, maybe a huge impact on your business.
2: And it's a huge impact. I I need to be able to make purchases when when the prices are right. I need to be able to forward purchase, and I can't do it. And,
0: um, yeah, no, I, I think you know it, it's it's interesting that you talk about this. One of the things, and of course, we're Agriculture is huge in, in Wisconsin, and one of the effects of the – as a result of the tariffs and, and the trade war, there were a, a number of farmers, particularly a lot of farmers in Wisconsin, who w- were hurt by that. And so you might remember the Department of Agriculture announced that, hey, we're going to have the, this special emergency aid package that's there. Well, there, there's, nobody, there, there's nobody processing the, the application. Same situation you're in. In this case, it, it's the farm industry.
1: Sure,
2: sure, The applications may be processed, but it's the people that write the checks. In those cases, it's the people that write the checks. You talked about the tax refunds. It's the same thing. That it's the people in the Treasury that print the checks. They're not working. None of that money is going out, money that is, is owed to people. It's not going out.
0: Um, yeah, it's interesting. I have a text from somebody who said, you know, you're, you're talking about these tax refunds. Well, people shouldn't have to depend on them. What's the big deal? <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, you know, no, thanks for the call. I, I, I appreciate it. And I appreciate your calling just, just to kind of give the, the face to this. And I here's the bottom line on all this. We're in a hell of a mess right now. And, and forgive my, my directness, because I I get the politics of this. I mean, President Trump has decided to to make funding for the wall, you know, one of the, to use the cliche, it's 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 one of the hills that he, he's willing to, you know, have his administration die on. This is something, and it's important to a lot of the, you know, the, the folks who, who voted for President Trump that, you know, whether or not. We really need it for border security. It, it's He's promised it. He feels his pressure to deliver it. Now you've got the Democrats that control Congress and at least the House of Representatives, and they believe that President Trump is going to suffer the fallout from this. So they're going to say, hey, look, we're willing to give him, you know, we're willing to fund homeland security. We're not defunding this, but we're not going to give him this wall. And you're going to have to decide who the political loser is going to be. Meanwhile, there's a lot of average citizens who I think are, are going to take a hit. And that's something I think we need to be mindful of. It's 148. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It's 151. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. We are continuing to monitor the ongoing press conference. Press Now, press conference is going on for about an hour. You can get, I think you get the, the tone of this. You have a, a skeptical... I'll use maybe there's another word, but I'll say skeptical media and uh, combative president. It's kind of interesting interactions going back and forth. But the bottom line takeaway of all this is that there's. There, there's no agreement on on the budget, and right now the government remains shut down and will for the foreseeable future. And this is one – it's just tough to predict because you've got Democrats that control the House of Representatives, and they clearly see it in their political interest to not go ahead and give the president $5 billion for this for this wall, whether it's steel or concrete or whatever. And you have the president who has staked a lot of his reputation – and, you know, has all the, these supporters who, whether they care about the wall or not, that they want to see the president win. And so everybody's kind of painted themselves into a corner on this. And um, the, the problem is that you do have real people who are impacted by a government shutdown, and they continue to, and the impact is going to be worse as time moves on. So we'll see how this all plays out. All right. Local story. Journal Sentinel reporting. The city of Milwaukee despite the fact that they don't have the money for it, is moving ahead with the expansion of Tom's Trolley. They want to run the streetcar to the Wisconsin Center Convention Hall. Now, this extension, you remember that they had applied, the city had applied for a federal grant, and they, they wanted $20 million for a like half mile section of additional streetcar track which would run it to the convention center and their plan ultimately is to take it up to the buck's arena they didn't get the federal funding so they're 20 million dollars short apparently the these common council has said well here we're willing to commit 20 million dollars additionally On this, and we'll do it again through this tax incremental financing district. But we still need another twenty million dollars. But we're going to go ahead with the planning. The interesting development in the Journal Sentinel story, and you can find it at JS Online, is apparently the the city went to the Bucks and they said, "Hey, you've got Pfizer Forum here. We've got this wonderful trolley. Why don't you, Bucks owners?" Why don't you kick in twenty million dollars and, and and help underwrite the the cost of this? And at least uh, apparently, so. Well, Bob Bauman, who is the alderman who represents the downtown area, he's quoted as saying, "The Bucks have been asked." And they have politely declined. <laughs> he says, I would think it's a no-brainer for them, but I guess billionaires don't become billionaires by simply giving out money all day. So in other words, uh, the, the box and uh, you know, looked at the opportunity, at least thus far have not been willing to the owners of the bucks reach into their checkbooks and and write a check for 20 million dollars to expand the streetcar. They say, "Hey, we've we've got enough stuff going on at Pfizer Forum right now and 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 this this isn't, you know, necessarily going to come from us." And I'm not critical of the bucks at all. I think this is a certainly something that makes a lot of sense and does raise these questions. If this is so great for economic development, huh, maybe we could look for more of these private public partnerships and what does it tell you if Some members of the public who have the wherewithal to do it decide that they want to end up passing on it. But right now, the city is still gangbusters. Let's go ahead and do this. Here's something else that's interesting. And I've been watching a couple TV reports on this. Early on, first couple weeks of the streetcar, the the trolley, the numbers exceeded the expectations and, and the initial predictions. And that got all this attention. Um, now, if you broke down the numbers, what you find is that there were the opening weekend, the, the first three days when they had all sorts of activities around it, and then one Saturday kind of jacked up the numbers. If, if you took those days away, that the numbers w- weren't necessarily so impressive. But at the same time, I, I understand you you don't say – for opening you don't say, all right, let's look at Brewer's attendance and you know, let's not count opening day when it's a sellout, let's only look at the second day. I mean I understand you, you look at the big picture. It is interesting to me though that you haven't had any newly released numbers on streetcar ridership after those those first after those first two weeks and now we're we're kind of two months into it. Regardless of what those numbers show though and I'm trying to be fair here and I'm not a fan of Tom's trolley folly, regardless, I mean I, I think you, you have to, rather than saying we're hell bent on expanding this thing, you have to, I don't know, give it some time to see, you know, what the numbers really are going to be, as opposed to saying, let's just build this stuff on the faith. Let's, let's build everything that we possibly can because we believe that it might in fact work. Give it a year, give it two. Maybe I'm going to be wrong and people are going to be riding all over and want to have this expanded. But what's the rush? If, you know, unless you're concerned that maybe the numbers aren't exactly going to match up, but we haven't had any numbers since mid-November, maybe the numbers are huge. Maybe in the end of November and December, maybe it's just been enormous. I don't know one way or the other. The other caveat is, of course, it's free. So until you know exactly what it's going to cost, until you have to start paying to ride it, the the numbers are always going to be skewed. But the bottom line is the city says we're going to go ahead and expand even if we don't have the money for it. Hmm. 157, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 208, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ, Pop Culture Corner, coming up right after the bottom of the hour news. It's going to be a fun one today. Uh, so stick around for that. All right, I recognize in launching into this topic, and I highlighted this on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Wagner six twenty. Maybe I'm going to irritate everybody, and I'm, that's okay. I try to call them as I see them. I understand Donald Trump, President. I understand Donald Trump is is the president, and I, I just for a moment I want to separate out the policies. All right, I on a personal level. And this goes back to when Donald Trump was the real estate developer that was involved in, you know, what his media profile was. And then it follows itself through the the apprentice and the celebrity apprentice. I just I I never liked Donald Trump. Right. And again, this isn't this isn't the person this. I'm not talking about policy now. I'm talking about on a personal level. I found him and this. That I followed the guy throughout his whole career. I found him to be boorish and thin-skinned, a casual relationship with the truth. He just wasn't the type of guy that for, – forget running for president. He wasn't the type of guy that I would seek out to say, gee, I want to sit down and have a beer with. It, it just it, there, There's something about his personality that just rubs me the wrong way, and, and that's always been the case. I don't say that, though and express my concerns about his personality it's not because he's a guy it's just because i don't necessarily like the guy's personality and again i'm separating this from policy all right and maybe you just think oh this this is great i i love this well okay that that's fine i appreciate that i'm in another camp and that has nothing to do with policy let's let's flip to the other side elizabeth warren who is a very very liberal senator from massachusetts She's now announced and she's formed the exploratory committee. She's going to be one who's in for running for president. All right. I have never liked Elizabeth Warren. And and it's not just because she's a left wing nut job. She is a left wing nut job. But it's because, and this is from my perspective, somebody who follows politics. Since she burst onto the scene, I find her to be preachy, condescending, self-righteous and a hypocrite. And as as time goes on, I'm sure if she becomes, you know, one of the top tier candidates, we'll discuss, you know, all those different types of things. But, but, I, I on a personal level, I've I've never liked her, and it's not just because of her politics. It's because just like there's all sorts of of parts of President Trump, Donald Trump's personality that I find to be off putting. There's all sorts of parts of um, Elizabeth Warren's personality that I find to be off putting. But just because. But in the same vein, that I, I find President Trump's personality to be off-putting, it's not because he's a guy. Similarly, these aspects and these traits that I don't like about Elizabeth Warren—again, the preachy, condescending, self-righteous, you know, all-knowing hypocrite—it's not because she's a woman. It's because I find her. And you can disagree with me on it, but it's because I find her to be preachy, condescending, self-righteous. A condescending hypocrite. That, that, that's that's it. And that's why I just don't like her personality, apart from the fact that she's a left-wing nutjob. Bernie Sanders, he's a left-wing nutjob, too, but I, I think least, I don't think that he has any of those different personality type of, of quirks. Seems to me like Bernie Sanders would be, even though you disagree with him about just about everything, he'd be a good guy to go and sit and have a beer with. Elizabeth Warren, not so much so. Now, I bring this up because ever since she announced that she was running for president, there have been a series of articles that are written, including a big one in the Atlantic uh, magazine, that says the reason why... People describe Elizabeth Warren as not being likable, and I would be one of those people. It's not because of any of these different personality traits that some may fairly or unfairly attribute to her. All right, It's because she's a woman, and it means that if you don't like her, if you don't find her to be likable, it automatically means that you are a sexist, and if you are a woman who doesn't like Elizabeth Warren, well, you are a self-hating woman. And the the argument then goes on to say, we all know, this is the argument, we all know that Hillary Clinton, well, Hillary Clinton would have won if, if it weren't for all the sexism that was out there and, you know, women who were self-hating, who couldn't bring themselves to vote for her and men who didn't like Hillary Clinton because she was a woman, not because of all the different issues that she stood for. All right. This is one of the narratives that we are going to be getting over the course of the next two years. 414-799-1620. That is the Accurate mortgage talk and text line. All right. Is it possible to, again, find somebody like an Elizabeth Warren, unlikable, based perhaps on personality traits and policies, as opposed to simply the fact that she's a woman, or for anybody out there, myself included, who just doesn't find her to be particularly likable. Does that automatically mean that we are sexists who are incapable of supporting women? 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage talk and text line. And if you are a female and you, I don't know, don't find Elizabeth Warren or Hillary Clinton to be particularly likable, does that mean that you are a self-hater? Who needs to really re examine your values? 414 1620. That is the Accunate Mortgage talk and text line. This is the narrative that is starting to play out. Do you buy into it? We discuss next. If you're on the line, please hold on. 214 Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 217 Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is my favorite text of the week. Bar none. Favorite text of the week. I was commenting again in in the lead into this. And again, I, I will tell you, I refuse to feel guilty or feel that I'm labeled as a sexist because I say that I don't think Elizabeth Warren, who's one of the leading candidates for the Democratic nomination for president in 2020, is unlikable. It's not because she's a woman. There's lots of women including women in public life and women in politics, that I like, even if I don't agree with them. Elizabeth Warren is not one of them. But the narrative that's out there now is that, well, you know, if you find her to be unlikable, it's because you're a sexist. Or if you're a female and you don't find her to be likable, it's because you're a self-hating female. And my example was I, I find president trump on a personal level to be unlikable i i just i'm sorry i've always felt that way didn't like i didn't like the shows the apprentice i cringed when he came on didn't like the personality that he had you know over over the years all right and that's 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 independent of policy it's just there's people you like and don't like here's the tweet so i was talking about how i just didn't didn't like trump on a personal level the whole thing is uh, jeff all due respect i don't think he'd like you either (laughs) okay why that's, that's, um, amen to that. Amen, brother. That that could very well be right. I, I might very well. I am probably not Donald Trump's kind of guy. All right. And I and again, apart from policy that that might be true. I'm probably not the type of guy that he'd like to sit down and have a beer with either. And I respect that. But I don't think it's because, gee, I, if, if he didn't like me, it wouldn't be because I think you're a guy. It would be because I, he just didn't like me. All right, here's a couple of texts. Jeff, the narrative about... um uh, about Elizabeth Warren is out there because the Democrats know she's vulnerable. I would add that they learned nothing from Hillary. Uh, here's another text. I love how the left swings it their way, so if you're a man and you don't agree with her or like her, you're a sexist and if you're a woman, you're a hater because in reality, you're just a free-thinking, normal human being that has your own mind and has your own opinion. Yeah, that that that's, that's it, but the argument is you've got to feel guilty. There's got to be some reason besides personality and or politics that causes you to feel this way. And if it's somebody on the left and you just don't think that for in this case Elizabeth Warren is the greatest thing since canned beer, well, you you must just be a hater of women. Well, maybe it's just that she's just not your cup of tea. Incredibly possible. All right, when we come back, we're gonna lighten up the mood a little bit. Tastes great. Miller Lite, Bud Light, an interesting court case, and I want your impression on it. Stick around. It's 220, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 222, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Okay, as part of my New Year's, it's not really a resolution. It's something that has been directed to me by my wife, she who must be obeyed, that you know, I'm trying to take a little bit better care of myself, spending some time on the treadmill at the gym, trying to watch what I eat. And as part of that... I'm starting to incorporate some light beer into my into my drinking habits. Now I, I'm not giving up, you know, some of the other types of beer, but I, I am trying to, for example, you know, last night. I, I had a light beer. I, I I did before we we went out to to dinner. Right now, I was thinking about this because there's a huge controversy, of course, between Miller Light and Bud Light. Last summer, you might recall that Miller Light ran a series of ads, and there was one where there was a can of Miller Light sliding across the bar, and the word said, "Most drinkers agree, more taste than Bud Light." They ran another commercial saying, "Miller Light was always brewed with more taste." And then what Miller did is they went to St. Louis, and of course that's the ancestral home of, of Anheuser-Busch, and they put up a big billboard claiming that seven out of ten locals believed Miller Lite had more taste than Bud Light. So this drove Anheuser-Busch over the edge, and Anheuser-Busch filed a, a complaint with the national advertising division that's a division of the advertising self-regulatory control council and, and what what anheuser-busch said is look this is they, they can't say this i mean that this claim that it has more taste you can't make that claim because there's they, they argued there's an inherent ambiguity in the claim because you know what what does it mean taste how do you end up defining that to which miller core said well i mean we did research and we had a blind taste test with Miller Lite and Bud Light and we asked these various participants which of these two products has more taste and in our blind taste test more people said Miller Lite had more taste than Bud Light all right and so that's where the advertising comes from so ended up Miller ended up winning the, this challenge to their ads because they said, you know, look, this is it. We asked people. We did these blind taste tests. They said it has more Miller Lite has more taste than Bud Light. Boom, that's where it comes from. And so this council said, well, we understand that taste is kind of ambiguous, but, yeah, they've got the research, and so it's all well and good. Well, this now, though, has inflamed kind of the, the beer wars e- even more. Our number, 414-799-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I want to have a little fun in this segment. My guess is that you are, if you are a light beer drinker, you have some very, very strong feelings. I have a couple of my very, very good friends, and you guys know who you are, that just um, are, are Bud Light drinkers up and down that it's just you know when they're in the bar and there's the choice between the miller light and the bud light and the Coors light and all the other different things that are out there it's it's bud light period and they feel very very strongly that bud light is better miller Lite says we did a taste test more people said that you know we had more taste than bud light whatever that means 414-799-1620 that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line all right if you are in the market for a light beer, is it Miller Lite, is it Bud Light, or doesn't it really matter to you? It's whatever is cold and cheap and convenient. 414-799-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage talk and text line. All right, beer drinkers of Wisconsin, your chance to weigh in this was handled by a regulatory ad council. They said, well, okay, we you know, they've got the research to back this up. How do you how do you feel about it? 414-799-1620, that is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I will say this. Among among my friends, there appears to be who drink light beer, there appears to be a lot more loyalty towards Bud Light than than towards Miller Light. And candidly, I, I'm not sure I, I really understand that. To tell you the truth, from my perspective, it it all kind of tastes the same. And and I don't know that I feel strongly one way or the other. To me, they're all pretty interchangeable. But I know people feel passionately about this. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That's the ACINET Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start with Heidi in Union Grove. Heidi, you're first. Good afternoon.
2: <laughs> Hello
0: again. <laughs> Hi Heidi. What do you think? Okay, Miller Lite, Bud Light.
2: Ah, um, Miller Lite, Bud Light's a rice beer, and it's got it's It just doesn't have that flavor because it's made out of rice.
0: Okay, so when if if you were again in a taste, if I would ask you which beer has more taste, you would say you would say Miller Lite, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, interesting. Thank, thanks, thanks you guys. It's funny. I've just never. I've never really noticed that there's that much of a difference. I mean, I can, you know, in some of the other beers, I can tell the difference between, like, Schlitz and and Pabst and Miller. But, all right, where do we go? Let's talk to Dennis in Muskego. Dennis, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Dennis? Dennis? Okay. I'm yeah. um, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. You waited a little bit too long. Lost you there, Dennis. When I say Dennis, we got to come on. 414 799 1620. Let's see. Uh, Donna in Hartland says Miller Light has more flavor, Bud Light does not. All right. Here's another text. I don't like either one. They're both complete and total disasters. Huh. I don't know. Karen in Germantown. Karen, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon, and how are you today?
0: I am well, thank you. Okay, if I'm going to start adding light beer to my repertoire, is there a real difference between them?
2: Well, I prefer Miller Products, period. I don't drink Bud Products. Okay. Um,
0: Is it because because of flavor or just because... Okay, you want to support the local brewery.
2: You better believe it. So that's a big part of it. But what's interesting to me is I'm going to throw a little can of worms in there, my... Children who are in their 40s both like beer and drink Coors Mm
0: Light.
2: Now I don't, I can't remember who makes Coors.
0: Well, it's Miller Coors. Miller makes Coors. That's (laughs)
1: what I thought. See, so that's good. They they like the Miller.
0: (laughs) So that yeah, right, right now they no no thanks to no they're 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 being loyal. No it's it you know it's Miller's it's Miller Coors. You know, this would be kind of a fun thing to do, and maybe, I don't know if we do it in the studio. Let's see. The the folks... You thinking about a taste test? I was, Melissa. You know, I was sitting there thinking, okay, how do you feel our friends at uh, our bosses... Our teammates at Good Karma would feel if we decide we're we're gonna just we're just gonna take this blind taste test that we'll bring in like Miller light and we'll bring in Bud Light and we'll bring in Coors Light. I think
2: if we involved everyone, they would not discriminate, right? Like they would be involved. Oh, also, with we're the gonna testing? Be,
0: we're gonna be providing alcohol to, <laughs> to everybody. everybody around here. Well, they, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, my, my, maybe that's some, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's something work. we do at one of these kind of after hours things or something like that. But it, it is uh, again. I, I just got to thinking about this because Bud challenged Miller's assertion that it had more taste. The complaint went nowhere. But again, it is a matter of just individual preference, I guess. And like I say I have a number of people who, I have a number of people who just would go to the mat for, for Bud Light. Um, no doubt about it. All right. You can decide for yourself. I'll be deciding for myself this coming year as I try to get a little bit healthier, but don't give up beer. We've got a really fun pop culture corner, and I apologize in advance for what I'm going to do to your mind during this segment over the course of the next couple days because it's it's going to be a mind blower, I guarantee you. 236, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Love that bumper music. Can't go wrong with the Hollies. Long, cool woman in a black dress. All right. Uh, this... This week, the last couple days, the start of 2019 has been a really, really bad start for icons of of the 70s. Um, Just the January 2nd, you had uh, Super Dave. His name is Bob Einstein, who is better known as perhaps Super Dave Osborne. Um, He he passed away. And then you had uh, Mean Gene Okerlund from the AWA, from wrestling fame. He passed away. And then you had Daryl Dragon, who was the captain in The Captain to Neil. He passed away. And then yesterday there was the news that uh, Roy Sawyer, now you might not know the name Roy Sawyer, but if you grew up in the 70s, you were familiar with the band Dr. Hook and The Medicine Show. And their their biggest... Their biggest hit was probably the cover of the Rolling Stone. So, you know, we, we did a little bit of a, of an audio tribute to the, these various people over the last day or two of the show, including yesterday when in recognition of Daryl Dragon, who was the captain and the captain's Neil, I, I played just a little bit of, of their, their big single, which was, All right. Of course, that's love will keep us together. Stop, 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 stop. Matter of fact, if you follow me on Twitter, you actually—I've got a link to a YouTube performance of that. It's at Jeff Wagner six twenty. You know, and I sent it out. So, all right. So I, I play this, and it's part of a tribute to the, this this artist that's passed away and all. And ever since I played the damn song, I have not been able to get it out of my mind. Now, this is this is now going on. I don't know 30 some hours or something because we played it in yesterday's show. I I'm taking a shower this morning. I find myself humming love, you know, <laughs> love will keep us together. It it is an earworm. It is stuck in my head and I can't no matter how hard I bang on it. I can't get it out. I it's 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 this the the pop culture earworm. So, for the first pop culture corner of 2019, I thought I would give you a chance to do to the audience what I have done to myself with this earworm. All right. Musical earworms. The song that once you hear it, you can't get it out of your head. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We do this segment this time every week, and we put away a little bit of the heavy lifting and start to talk about some fun stuff. And, again, today it's it's this musical earworms. For me right now, and there's a lot of them out there, but, a matter of fact, I'm hoping you might give me one that can get Love Will Keep Us Together out of my head. 414-799-1620, what is your musical earworm? And um, as I always advise people, number one, please call quickly because our phone lines tend to jam up. And and number two, don't overthink the thing. Sometimes people say, well, that sounds dumb. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it sounds dumb or not. If it's your earworm, that's what we want to hear. 414-799-1620. Musical earworms. That song that once you hear it, you can't get it out of your head. I also apologize if this is going to screw up your weekend. I apologize in advance. It's 2.40. We're back with your calls in just a moment. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 2.42, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. First text. Jeff, I can't get cover of the Rolling Stone out of my head ever since you played it yesterday. 4014 799 1620 We're talking about earworms. Uh, Daryl Dragon, who was the captain, Captain Tennille. He passed away yesterday. I played... Uh, their, their song Love Will Keep Us Together. I have been singing that, or at least humming it, or had it in my mind for the last 24 hours. Let's start with Jeff and Fox Point. Jeff, you're on WTMJ.
1: Hey, Jeff. My biggest earworm of all time occurred about a year ago when Honda was incessantly bombarding us with it in the commercials, and that it was Holiday Road by Lindsey Buckingham.
0: Oh, from uh, the, the Vacation song. Yeah, the one the one that's like the theme song for the movie Vacation. Holiday yeah, Road, would, yeah.
1: It would be on the radio, and then, and then it would be on the radio over and over again. It would get stuck in my head, and then I would go to the gym, and I'd be able to get it out with like my awesome workout music. But then at night, it would go back into my head because I'd be. It would be on TV.
0: Um. Thanks. Thanks for called the Holiday Road. You know, that's again for people who are trying to pick. Uh, see, I don't sing. I have that's that's a rule I have on the radio. I I do not sing. My my wife actually says she thinks I can sing pretty well. I'm not sure about that. Number of people are texting in. I don't know this song. Grew Baby Shark. All right, I don't know what that is. My favorite song is Baby Shark. We sing it so much, we started adding other animals. Now, I'm not saying I want to know what Baby Shark is, but I have at least a half dozen people who are saying their earworm is something called Baby Shark. 414-799-1620. John in Milwaukee. John, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
1: Hi. Good afternoon, Jeff.
0: All right, your earworm is?
1: Believe it or not, it's a small world from disney lord
0: i you know yes you you walk around can't get it out yeah and and then then of course you're trapped at disney world you're kind or disneyland or whatever you're walking around and all you hear is it's a small world after all
1: i recorded on my phone i played with my friend just like driving
0: nuts yeah that well there is something to that thanks for the call appreciate it 414-799-1620 um let's talk to steve in waukesha steve you're on wtmj good afternoon
1: Good afternoon, Jeff. I don't know if this is going to help you get rid of Captain <laughs> Antonio, but uh, steam tuned to the Andy Griffiths show.
0: Do, 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 do. yeah, I, <laughs> and, and 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 they just whistle it too. You know that's the that's the thing.
1: Yeah, I got a guy at work uh, one day doing that, and he thanked me many times during the course of the rest of the day for that
0: one. Well, well exactly right. Yeah, yeah, thanks for putting that in my mind, buddy. Um, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's is it is it Cause in Greenfield? Kaz and Greenfield Kaz in Greenfield Jeff. good afternoon cause okay your earworm one of the
1: well you're probably my age so one of those really good songs from the 80s by journey don't stop believing
0: um you know just so to let you know you are not alone I have about a half dozen texts from people who are saying the same thing once we hear don't stop believing it is stuck in there for the whole weekend.
1: And you know what's interesting the song Jeff now has spanned multi generations my kids and now probably the grandkids will be singing the song <laughs> it,
0: it it is you it know carries and, and, on. yeah well, it it is now thanks it is interesting because i think i think if i'm going to have something stuck in my head i would rather have don't stop believing by journey than love will keep us together by the captain and sneal so maybe the answer is to just you know, once I get off the air, just you know, go find my my music library and and just just play that tune a couple times because again I I'm just I'm I'm ready to get the captain's Kneel out of my head four one four seven nine nine one six twenty Dave and Racine Dave you're on WTMJ good afternoon
3: good afternoon after seeing the movie Deadpool just uh call just call me Angel in the morning.
0: Yes. Right. Yes. And I, I know what you mean about Deadpool as well. But right. Thanks. For, you know, just call me angel. That would be another one. Um, that would be another one that would definitely be something that would get you stuck in that. I got four texts. People who say. Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne is is their particular earworm. Now, grew you would I see that that wouldn't be something that would be stuck in my head, but now, but but four people saying that um, Wildflowers by uh, Tom Petty, yeah, Wildflowers would be one of the songs that you, you I could see that happening. 414-799-1620. seven nine nine one six twenty. Let's talk to do, 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 Amy in New Berlin. Amy, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff.
2: I'm I, a dance teacher. So I get unusual songs. Right now, I've got Walking in the Air from the children's movie, The Snowman, because I'm choreographing that, but I've also had Planetarium from La La Land get stuck in my head. (laughs) Um, I had tons of nutcracker music, earworm nutcracker music, prior to my kids performing with the Moscow Ballet, so I get weird stuff. So I actually appreciate people having more mundane things <laughs> to knock my unusual ones
0: out. <laughs> well, no, well, that's good. Thanks. exactly, and I, I appreciate that. But no, you, you sound you're. It, it's very. You've got a very cultured approach to this. All now, everybody's sending me all these links to the baby shark thing. I am not clicking on it. Because the, I, I look, I, I've got a, I've got enough stuff bouncing around in my head that I, I don't, I don't need something else that's going to be stuck there. So all these people, oh, check out Baby Shark. No, I'm going to check this out, and I know it's just going to be stuck there. For the entire weekend, um, let's see a uh, couple people. The Eagles Hotel California, um, definitely 414-799-1620. Tom in Greenfield, Tom, you're on WTMJ. Yeah,
1: how about Crimson Clover from
0: Tommy James? Oh, oh yes, that would be. I, I don't even want to think about that because yes, that's one. It, it's got that kind of pop melody yeah. that's like pleasant enough and repeats itself, and then you're you're just drawn into it. Well, how about the
1: Linus one from uh, from the the
0: peanuts thing. Oh, sure. oh well. Oh right. No, the, the the whole. If you're talking about the whole Christmas thing, yeah, that that's that. Uh, let's see. Walking on sunshine. Well, there you go. That would be a decent one as well. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. All these people. I'm not buying into this baby sharks thing. I, I I'm I'm sure it's a wonderful tune. I just there's enough other stuff going on in my head. Let's talk to Al in Green Bay. Al, you're on WTMJ.
2: Hi there. Uh- the one that forces me to listen to uh, <laughs> talk radio all the time is uh, "Soul Sister" by uh,
0: by Train. train. Yeah. Yeah, well, that well that that's good. I mean, if if it if it gets you listening to this program, I I appreciate that. You know, make sure that you like tune in and check that out about eleven forty five every day and stuff. But it it oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Well, I appreciate it. All thanks thanks. Yes, so yes, uh, but there's a lot of stuff by by train that would go through there. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Let's see, Paul in West Bend. Paul here at WTMJ. Good afternoon.
1: Yeah, it's the Miller jingle. i sing it at work every day, waiting for 3.30.
0: Uh,
1: it just got the time, we got the beer.
0: Uh, right. I, I that, no, see, the, right, see, Paul, the, the deal is I don't get to sing, and nobody else gets to sing either. But I, but I get it. Yes, Miller, right, tastes too good to hurry through. That's a wonderful, wonderful tune there, and it would be something that I could see would stick in your mind. Let's talk to Kent in St. Cloud. Kent, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
1: Hi. Good afternoon. Yeah, hooked out of feeling, oh. see the Uga Chaka in the beginning
0: oh. part. There. Oh yeah, it's right. See that's right. That's yes. That, that's it. It's got that hook. It, it's kind of like again that Captain's Neil song. You know, it's kind of got that bounce and that Uga Chaka, Uga Chaka, yep, and then you yep. then you're drawn in. Then you're you're stuck for the whole weekend with the thing.
1: And the rest of it's a good song.
0: Um. There you go. Thanks oh, that's for the call. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thanks exactly. for calling. Uh, okay. <laughs> Baby shark. I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not listening to this. Baby Shark, the notes, it's not good. It just gets stuck in your head. That's even the worst kind of thing that it's a bad song and it's stuck in your head. Um, Free Falling from Tom Petty. Yeah, that's a, that would be a great earworm as well. I'm a Buffett fan and I appreciate everybody's been you know, sending me notes saying you see that Buffett's coming back to Alpine on July twentieth and and yes I have and yes I'm gonna be there. And I think my brother was even renting a bus, so there we were going to go down there. But yeah, for for Buffett, it's not his song. It's uh, a Van Morrison song, Brown Eyed Girl, but Jimmy Buffett does it and covers Brown Eyed Girl is is one that that um once I hear it, it's going to be stuck there for a long time. Let's talk to Patty in Sussex. Patty, you're on WTMJ.
2: Hi. How about Red Red Wine?
0: Oh, 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 yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> there's, there's been a couple versions of that. But, right, it, again, it's got that kind of hook to it, and you just kind of go back and forth, and you start singing it and humming it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it works for me. Let's talk to Ken in Sheboygan. Ken, you're on WTMJ.
1: Uh, how about the song, I Love Rock and Roll, by Joan Jett?
0: <laughs> uh, you know, see, my, my rule is I don't sing on the radio. That, once you mentioned that, I almost started to do the chorus there, you know, because, right, Mitt, what a rock anthem. That's, a, that's just a great tune.
2: Yeah, I can never
0: get it out of my head once I hear it. It's like, <laughs> is it? I, well, okay. I, I might have to get my my wife just sent me a text. She says, "Baby Shark is pretty cute." I, I just, I I refuse to get drawn in there. I, I'm I I love rock and roll. I'll be doing that one. I refuse to go down the baby shark route, though. <laughs> thanks for the thank, okay, yep. Thanks for the call. Um, you just you just you just have to. Yeah, you have to just, uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, here, Justin, he's got one. Why can't we be friends? Yep. Um, that's Again, that's one of these things that's you, That's one of the things that, that's out there. There's no question. Sweet Dreams, Baby by Roy Orbison. Um, that's another good one that's out there. Let's see. Um, all right. Earworm for you. I saw a band in New Year's Eve that played Hate Myself for Loving You, and I have not gotten rid of it, but it will at least replace uh, replace Baby Shark from the grandkids. Um, Respect. Yeah, Respect is a R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Um, great earworm song as well. Let's talk to Lou and Brown Deer. Lou, you're on WTMJ.
1: Yes, uh, thank you for having me on the phone.
0: Thanks for calling.
1: Uh, I don't know if you remember the song Cara Mia
0: uh yes sure that now that goes back quite a while but yeah sure
1: that song just i don't know it's <laughs> every time it
0: 's sung well that 's the i mean that 's the idea not all earworms are are necessarily not all necessary earworms are necessarily bad uh, here 's the note uh, celebrate or they say it 's your birthday yes, that would be one of them that 's out there as well here 's another one happy oh yeah, happy would be an earworm uh, another one of the tests thank you jeff i 'm going to be busy on apple music all weekend as a result of this well, that's, i I am here to to kind of do that but again. I, these are all good suggestions. I'm thinking, I'm thinking either brown eyed girl or I love rock and roll. That though that might be the thing to kind of knock, um, to knock uh, the Captain's Neil song out of my head. But we'll we'll see. It could be Monday morning. I'm still up there, still humming the same darn thing. All right, it is two fifty four. I'm out of time. When we come back, we're going to find out with John and Melissa. John McCure is actually back. Now, I understand I do not have the high road on this because I took two weeks off. So I get I don't have the high road on it, but John McCure is back for one day. He's figured out how to work out a one-day work week, and we have him here at WTMJ. 254 Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.